Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. Thank God for another season. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books in the Bible. Not just one scripture, full chapters. And of course, I share my commentary while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word of scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith while we learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Not my will, Lord, but God's will be done by giving our lives to his son, Jesus the Christ. Today is November the 21st, uh, 2021. Um, I want to apologize because I will not be sharing episode 17 today. I know a lot of you have been waiting on it. Um, we are approaching 5,000 um, plays. So to God be the glory, you know, uh, as many people as he chooses to hear this, this series, um, it's, it's his series. I'm just a uh, chosen vessel. I will be playing a message communicated by one of uh, my dear beloved bishops. I've been listening to for about maybe 35 years, Bishop Freddie Caldwell Sr. If you can remember, I shared a message on my podcast by him when he talked about the simplicity of salvation. Now, today's message is uh, uh, going to be a bit controversial. However, um, I want you to listen to the message because there's much, nothing controversial about something that can be proven in Scripture, okay? It may be controversial to people who have been following traditions for years in their denominations and they just don't know the Scriptures, However, um, you may not like his delivery because his delivery gets on my nerve. And I don't agree with everything Bishop Caldwell uh, shares. Um, he is one of the best at teaching about salvation and who Jesus is. I don't think he can be touched with that. But um, this message is uh, entitled, A Sin Unto Death. I may intervene. Or I may let the message play and then share um, some corrections or not really corrections, but elaborate a little bit more because the way Bishop Caldwell delivers his message, sometimes it's unclear. See, I know his heart. Um, his people know his heart and I know his message and I know what he's trying to communicate. He's not the most articulate. Uh, when delivering a message, but he definitely is a man of God. He is definitely a, a, a vessel, a chosen vessel by God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, this is a very important message. I could have chosen uh, something by another one of my favorite bishops, but I, I thought about um, sharing this because I heard him 
preach on it the other day. And I said, wow, you know, it's powerful because I know the scriptures and I know what he was trying to communicate. It may, I'm going to let me lay this disclaimer. It may sound like he is trying to promote sin, but he's not. You have to know him. So I may share a little bit of message after this uh, message is, is over. So until then, saints, I want you to listen to Bishop Fred A. Cobwell, Sr. First John chapter 5. And I want you to key in on verses 14 through 16. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that ye shall pray for it. Amen. I want to talk to you about the sin unto death. The sin unto death. All unrighteousness is sin. So we need to understand some things as we get into these scriptures. All unrighteousness is sin. Every one of us that was born into this world, we were born in sin. And we were shapen in iniquity. And that's why everyone must be, need to be, ought to be, got to be, born again. Because what we got from Madea was not sufficient. That gave us life in this world. But you must be born again in order to accrue life in the world to come. So the sin unto death is where we're going to get started. And we're going to get started understanding that the sin unto death, everybody say the sin unto death. The sin unto death is physical death. Watch this now. This is the tricky part. And it has to do with God's children. Say this after me. The sin unto death is physical. And it has to do with God's children. Now that's the first death we're going to talk about. But as we get into the sin of death, I want you to key in on verse 14. And this is the confidence of the boldness that we have in him, Christ. That if we ask, pray, petition, ask anything according to God's will, he hear us. And if we know that he hear us, not heard us, hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. In other words, you pray for me, I pray for you. We need to pray for one another because we all have the capacity and the capability of doing wrong. It's not that we set ourselves in that direction to do that, but we do. 
The sin that is not unto death is the sin that we should pray that God would deliver our brothers and our sisters from. So as we come to God in prayer, and I think a lot of times some of us are being selfish, we don't show up for prayer meeting, we probably don't pray for one another uh, at our houses, and we probably don't pray when we come to church. But how many of y'all know that there's power in prayer? There is a God that hears and answers prayer, not in my name, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are admonished here, if we see a brother sin a sin which is not unto death, well, he might break his family up, he might do whatever he may do, he's a brother acting out of order. So we need to pray for him. There are some people right now that are a problem on your mind you know you need to pray for. There are some situations that you know that you need to pray for. And as we pray for these things, we need to pray that God will give them strength and give them a life that will strengthen them to go on and do the will of God. So we are to pray for them that sin not unto death. Because every sin is not a sin unto death. So therefore, we all stand in need of prayer. We all stand in need of forgiveness from Almighty God. And that's what we are called upon to do. So this sin unto death, if you want to break it down and take a look at it, it's a sin that believers commit. It's a sin that believers commit. It's a sin that embarrasses God. And once the person that's a believer lives a lifestyle that embarrasses God, a public scandal, and etc. Yes, those sins can be forgiven, but sometimes they go too far. And when they go too far, God is going to kill you. Now, right here, I have to intervene because this is not necessarily true. You can cut your life short, but the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church about the man who was attending the church um, and, and he was a member of that particular assembly was dating his father's wife. And Paul said, put him out the church so that uh, Satan can get him and that his soul may be saved. But uh, I think Bishop Cobwell misspoke here. So that's why I wanted to intervene, but you need to listen to the message. There's no such thing as, you know what, yeah, she died. Now, this is somebody in their 20s, you know, it was her time to go. No, that's not true. You can die before your time, which is why this message is very important. So let me resume with Bishop Cobwell. Uh, are you praying for me? <laughs> Good, because I need it. This, this is a challenge, but I'm going through with it. So the sin unto death is physical. Say that back to me. And it has to do with the child of God. <clears throat> All right, now watch this. The sin unto death is physical. It is not spiritual. Because God has given to each of his children eternal life. And that life cannot be blotted out. That life cannot be taken away. But there is a question among Christians. What about Christians that name the name of Jesus and live a life of sin and just cut up and is a public embarrassment? Then what about those people? 
If they go on that way and don't repent and don't turn around, they're God's people, but God will take them out of here. Some men's sins are open beforehand, and some men... And let me um, intervene here as well, saints, because the Apostle Paul, which I will take his message over everybody's, because Bishop Caldwell is reading from the Apostle Paul's writings, but he's leaving some scriptures out. The Apostle Paul and John also says those who practice sin doesn't belong to God. So we need to understand what he's trying to say. I know his heart, so I know what he's trying to say. What he's saying is those who, who really accepted Christ, who confessed him as Lord and believed that God raised him from the dead. I mean, you cannot be saved and then lost because you sin. Because we have an advocate with the Father, um, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every day we need to repent of our sins, especially those that um, are intentional or unintentional. However, but those who wake up every day focusing on committing sin, those are the ones who really haven't received Christ in their heart. So I know what he's trying to say because I, I've been listening to him for 35 years. So he's not promoting sin. I want you to understand that. That's why I have to intervene and give some clarifications. Now, let us resume. Sins follow after them. So the sin unto death is physical. It has to do with God's people. It has to do with disgracing God, embarrassing God publicly. Because God does not like to be embarrassed by any of us. And it's not that God doesn't forgive sin, but God has an order and he knows what too far looks like. And he will step in and he will handle that. But the child of God will not be put in hell that is impossible. See, I have to explain all this to you. That's impossible to be born again and in hell. See, I believe the Bible. Now, you may have hell at home, but the, the, the literal hell that is in the heart of the earth, the child of God never goes there. Once saved, always saved. Yes, let me interject here. Once saved, always saved. The question is, are you saved? Because there are a lot of people, and he says this on a regular basis, because I listen to him often, amongst uh a lot of other my brother brothers and sisters in Christ who are called to the ministry. So the question is whether or not you are saved because the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, you need to test yourself to see if you are of the faith. Some of them were, were living in open sin so much and not repenting. Uh, he had to question whether or not they were really saved. So um, I just want to clarify that because uh, Bishop Codwell he is correct when he says once saved, always saved, because you cannot be put out of the body of Christ. Now, you, we may be able to put somebody out the church like the Apostle Paul says, because um, that behavior will spread through the church. Next thing you know, everybody will be dating people they should not be dating. But um, I just wanted to clarify that. I think it's important that I interject because I don't want you to misunderstand what he's saying. So let's resume. Okay, so having that understanding in verse 14, and this is the confidence of the boldness to come before the throne of grace that we have in him, this confidence, that if we ask or pray anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, 
we know. See, notice how this word know keep coming up. There are some things in this life we ought to know. We shouldn't be guessing about everything. Some of us have been in church as long as we can remember, and we still don't know nothing. And that's not the way it ought to be. We ought not to be made to come. We ought not to be dragging up in here. We ought to want to know. And we ought to want to worship. And we ought to want the blessings. And we ought to want to give him praise. And we ought to want to thank him. Because God has done marvelous things. He's done marvelous things in all of our lives. God has shown himself mighty on behalf of his people. So we can talk to him. And if we talk to him, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him if we ask these things according to his will. Now, in verse 16 is the center point of our discussion here on today. If any man see his brother, your brother now, if any man, anybody in the body of Christ, sees his brother sin or sin which is not unto death, he beat his children unmercifully. He don't take care of his family. That's not a sin that's unto death. That's a sin that we ought to be praying for. But the guy who thinks that he knows and calls Jesus J.C., and he's all out there alive in those clubs, and he's doing whatever he wants to, and he's given the Lord a bad name, and he thinks that he has the world and the jug and the stopper in his hand, God eventually is going to stop that believer. That's the part of God that's missing in this generation because a lot of times people think I can do whatever I want to do. Who are you to tell me? God say I am. So if you see your brother sin a sin that is not unto death, then you need to pray for him. So the sin unto death is that sin that embarrasses God and he's going to take it so long and then that person will have to leave here. God going to take them out. You didn't know that was in your Bible. Well, now you do, man. All right, let's look at some people that were believers but committed a sin, but it was not a sin unto death. It was a big old embarrassment. All right? I think we need to take under consideration Moses. Moses committed a sin but it was not a sin unto death but it did cause him to get out of here physically numbers chapter 20 are you with me so far I don't hear you don't be sitting in here scared just quit cutting up you know we have children and after a while we keep telling them I, I told, didn't I tell you don't do that didn't I tell you to leave that alone? I'm not going to tell you that anymore. Because if I have to tell you again, I'm going to what? I'm going to whip you. God does not whip the devil's kids. No more than your neighbor, tired of your child, going to come next door to your house and beat your child. You know that ain't going to happen. God only whips his own. In Numbers chapter 20. Commencing at verses 7 through 12, you will find these words. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth its water. Just speak to the rock. 
And thou shalt, that rock shall bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation, congregation, and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out, because God is faithful. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. God said, speak to the rock. Moses was so in his flesh, so in himself, so upset with the congregation until he decided these folk done got on my last nerve. I'm tired of being nice. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to hit this rock not once. Now that ain't what the Lord told me. I'm going to hit this rock twice. Then I'm going to say to this rebellious congregation, y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of rebels. Now you're looking to me and Aaron to give you water. No, 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 they wasn't looking to you and Aaron. They were looking to the Lord. They just asked for some water. So Moses got caught up within himself. That's why leaders need to be careful how you talk to people under you and how you treat people around you. And in the congregation, you waltzing all through here like somebody owe you something. You think you better than anybody. Who in the world are you? And where did you come from? Don't you know that's the devil got you acting a nut? We all are cut from the same cloth if we're born again. Amen. So therefore, Moses got beside himself and called God's people a bunch of rebels and told them that go ahead and drink, you bunch of rebels. L listen, in verse 9, Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation. These were two brothers out of order. They gathered the congregation together before the rock. And Moses said unto them, Here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their beasts. See, even though Moses was out of order, and Aaron was out of order. God stayed in order. The people still got the water. The beast still got the water to drink. But it's going to be a price that Moses and Aaron are going to have to pay because they openly embarrassed God because they were God's leaders. Are we together? Now look at that 23rd and 24th verse in that same chapter. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in my whore 
by the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Come on, all you Sunday school should be going people. All you rebellious people. God see you. You think this is against you and Greenwood Acres and the bishop. No, it ain't. <laughs> Don't give me that credit. This is against rebellion, against the revealed known will of God. If it don't cost you now, it's going to cost you later. If you rebel against God, then what's going to stop your kids from rebelling against you? Acts chapter 5. A sin not unto death, not spiritual, but it costs them physically. The book of Acts. Are you still here? Do you have any hallelujahs? Some of y'all I don't hear, but that's all right. I love you anyway. <laughs> Acts the fifth chapter, starting at verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also knowing of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? and to keep back part of the price of the land. While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and died, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. Let me read on. And it was about the space of three hours after, after the pedicure and the manicure, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together, you and your husband, to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them who have buried your husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down immediately at his feet and died. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And now let me intervene here. Um, what the scripture doesn't say is that God took him. It says they fell down. Now, when God does something, the scripture is very specific. It says God did something just like God talked to Moses and Aaron. But the Bible does not say, and you can hear it for yourself. You can read it for yourself. It doesn't say that God did them anything. You won't find a scripture, especially in the New Testament, where God did anything. Now, this incident was about them lying to the Holy Spirit. Because the land was theirs. They can give or share whatever they want. But they chose to lie and said that they sold the land and given them, given the assembly all the money so that it can be distributed to everybody equally. No one lacked in back in the biblical days. 
No one did. Everybody who had a need, everyone shared and made sure their brothers and sisters were able to eat. They had a roof over their heads. They had clothes to put on their back. So this was about them lying to the Holy Spirit. This It wasn't about them giving everything. It's about, hey, look, it was still yours. Why lie about it? Just say, hey, I'm giving this portion. No, I didn't. I, I'm not giving you all of it. And they would have been okay. But keep in mind, it doesn't say that God did them anything. It says that they died, but it doesn't say God did it. Let's resume. Great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Ananias Sapphira was saved. They had accepted the Lord. They were in the church. They contrived an idea given to them by Satan that we need some notoriety in this congregation. Nobody know that me and my husband are here, so what we're going to do, we're going to put on this big show in front of the congregation. We're going to sell some land. And uh, we've already seen how Barnabas got accolades because he gave the church out of his portion uh, his portion that he sold his land for. So we're going to emulate that. We're going to act like we're giving the church all of our money like Barnabas did. So they sold their piece of land. Yes, they did. And they came before the church and they said, this land that we sold, here's the money for it. But all the money wasn't there. Like some of y'all lying on your envelopes. All of it ain't there. So, okay. Ananias was asked a question. Why have you lied to the Lord? Well, he fell dead. Those young men picked him up, carried him out back, and buried him. No family hour, no... No announcement that he had died, just took him out there and buried him because they lied about the money. Then a couple of hours after that, here come his wife, all dressed up, and toenails all polished, and eyebrows all done, showed up in their dress to the hill. She looked around, she didn't see nobody but Peter. Peter said, um, y'all sold your land? Yeah, we sold it. Is all the money here? Yeah, yeah, all the money here. Okay. Why have you lied to the Lord about money? He said, the same young men that just carried your husband out. What? Just carried him out back and buried him. And you getting ready to join him. She fell dead. They came in, picked her body up, her dead, limp body with blue lips. Talking about a lipstick. Carried her out back and buried her. I guess that was the first out back, huh? <laughs> first Corinthians chapter 11. Y'all know tonight we got the Lord's Supper. All of the faithful will be here. 
God is keeping records. Make no mistake about it. We are not here by ourselves. There is someone greater than us who watches over and keeps us and wakes us up and is with us all day long. Now we're talking about this sin that is not unto death spiritually. But it's a death taking place here physically. Because one say it always say, but embarrassing God and all that cuts one physical life short. But that's not a sin unto death. You just act a nut and now your life is gone and you ain't here no more. So we don't have to put up with your lies. And people don't have to put up with you no more because you ain't here. Thank you for that thunderous hallelujah. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 11 started verse 23. You cannot be saved and lost, but you can cut your life short with this mess. Paul says, I have received of the Lord. Right? That which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Let me stop right there. What is unworthy here? Unworthy has to do with eating the Lord's supper after you are full of vino. After you've gotten drunk. See, they had back in those days what you would call a love feast. And everybody basically, for the most part, brought a covered dish and they brought it to the church but there were some people among them that was poor that could not bring certain items of food to eat so they're sitting over in the corner with their lips stone white and their bellies grumbling and nobody's giving them anything to eat and then somebody all of a sudden while they are eating and not feeding the other people among them somebody breaks out the vino so they start drinking, and then they start getting inebriated. You don't know what it is? Drunk. And then all of a sudden, somebody have a bright idea. What's the bright idea? Let's do the Lord's Supper. Because the Lord been good to us. We, we need to right now, get, we need to break this bread, and we need to, we need to drink this juice, and we need to, we just need to praise the Lord. Unworthy. Now the folk that was in charge of this three ring circles. Let's take a look and see what happened. This is the sin, not unto death. This is physical. But they sure died. 
Which verse is I stopping you? I just want to make sure you're here. <laughs> verse 29, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily while he's drunk and talking all that noise, eating and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning, not understanding that the Lord's body, the Lord's supper, is not to be trifled with. Here we go. For this cause, in the trifling of the Lord's supper, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Abuse of the Lord's supper. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. So we're not going to be condemned with the world. The world is, is going to hell. They're going to the lake of fire. But not God's people. God always secure us, but he never abandons us. So we're to judge ourselves so that we won't be judged. But if we don't judge ourselves, God will. Are you still here? Now, there uh, <laughs> Moses, remember God told him, God never said you won't get into the land. He said you won't lead this congregation over there. But how many of y'all know that God is so gracious, he forgave Moses and all that, and Moses ended up in the promised land? Y'all didn't know that. Matthew chapter 17. You're familiar with Matthew chapter 17 because Peter, James, and John went with Jesus up to the mount, right? All right. In Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, you'll find these consecrated words. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain privately. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine like the sun, and his raiment was as white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them. What? So that Moses did. It was not a sin unto death, spiritual death. It was a sin unto physical death. Moses died on top of Mount Pishku and was buried, but he died. And whether you know it or not, we all one of these days going to die. All y'all, except me. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Verse 2, and was transfigured before them, and his face, Jesus' face, did shine like the sun, and his raiment was as white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. God brought Moses back. And God brought Elijah back. Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophets. And that's why they had this conversation with Jesus prior to Calvary. To see what he would accomplish and to understand what he was going to accomplish at Calvary. Verse 4, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, is it, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt. Let us make here three booths, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
hear ye him. Now, Moses, the Lord brought back. Out of death, gave Moses life again. Because he died and was buried on Mount Pisgah in Old Testament. But here, Moses is brought back and given life. So with the child of God, even though that embarrassment may cut God's child off, their life may be physically cut short in here, but we'll see them in the rapture. Y'all don't look excited. Y'all don't know by now, I'm going to teach it anyway. You can listen. It doesn't matter what the environment is in this building. I'm a man sent on a mission. And I know some of y'all in here appreciate that. So we're not, we're not enemies here. We, we, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? This ain't just hitting you. It's wearing me out. It, this is... <laughs> Don't lie against the truth. So now, that sin that's not unto death, we should pray for our brothers and pray for our sisters that they will be bold in prayer, in life, strengthened and run on in Jesus' name and live a quiet and peaceable life in the sight of all men. That's what we should be praying for one another. Now, let's look at this sin that's unto death, the one that killed you. Go back to 1 John, the fifth chapter, and take up that 16th verse. 1 John 5 and 16. In 1 John 5 and 16, if you look at the latter portion, I'm going to read that whole 16th verse. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin, excuse me, for them that sin not unto death. Now here we go. There is a sin unto death. Not until death. Unto, that's the nth degree. This is the stuff that people need to be made aware of that they are already in possession of. They're already in possession of this sin. What is that sin? It's the sin of unbelief. That's what gets you into the lake of fire and brimstone. Not smoking dope, not running around, not... Not, not playing the lottery, not uh, all these things are wrong within themselves, but they don't send a person to the lake of fire and brimstone. Unbelief does. And everyone born into this world is born with that spirit of unbelief. That's what separates man and God. That's what put man at a disadvantage, and that's what God has called us to do that are born again to present life to people. And this life is in Christ. Amen? So let's look at this sin unto death. Now, the, the, the tricky, I don't, I don't know if tricky is a good word to use because God ain't got no tricks. But the, the, the part that you have to watch mentally so you won't go over the edge, that's what I'm striving to say, is this. Uh, wake that little boy up. Don't let your children come to church and sleep. Wake him up. So what we have here 
is to the child of God, the sin that's not unto death is physical death for disgracing God. That's physical death. That's to the child of God. The sin unto death is the sin of unbelief that the world is already fixed up with. They don't call on the Lord. They don't go to church. They hate preachers. They don't want to have anything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. So they live like they want to, do what they want to, when they want to, with no regard for God. And that's that spirit of unbelief. So what I call the tricky part is that the child of God, don't, don't, don't take, well, you can take it literally because it's the truth. A child of God can smoke 40 cigarettes out of a pack of 20. Huh? And die of lung cancer and go to be with Jesus. Why? Because at some point in his life, he called on Jesus and was born again. So y'all quit judging people because they smoke cigarettes or because they wear double lipstick and all the rest of this stuff. We're to judge ourselves. I, I just want to intervene here. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith. However, we do not trample on God's grace just because we are saved by it. And the Apostle Paul addresses that to the Romans, that can you go on sinning because of grace? And Paul said, absolutely not. So that's why I want you to understand that's not what Bishop Caldwell is saying. What he's saying is, if, I don't know why he used cigarettes. I, God doesn't have a problem with you smoking cigarettes. You just need to be aware that there are consequences for that and don't expect God to heal you from it, from the uh, cancer lung cancer, you probably end up dying from it. But if you are born again and you are saved, you will go on and be with the Lord when you pass away. You can cut your life short by smoking cigarettes. God ain't killing you, the cigarettes are. So that's why I wanted to uh, make sure you understood that. So we don't have that spirit of unbelief that's going to kill us. But the world does. Because that spirit of unbelief would have stopped us from calling on Jesus if we really didn't believe. So we believe because we heard. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we heard about Jesus, believed on Jesus, called on Jesus. That's belief. But this unbelief is what's sending people to hell and then eventually to the lake of fire. You got it? All right. Let's look at this spirit of unbelief. Did I read that verse out? The latter portion of verse 16, 1 John 5. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. You can't pray away unbelief. Mm -mm. That's how this whole thing started in verse 14. We can pray for a brother or sister that's cutting up, but you can't make nobody believe. I don't care how much you love them, how much lipstick you put on their forehead. You cannot make them believe. 
story was told one time about a woman. Y'all going over to John's Gospel, chapter 16. story was told one time about a woman who, who was uh, in the church, born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. And her husband at the house was not saved. That may be a case with some of you here or some of you out there. I mean, husband not saved. So every time she came from church, she set an audience with her husband. What was the basic thing she was saying? Baby, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want you. Ah, I want to be with you forever. She would cry all in the grits on the ham and everything. It didn't change his mind. You cannot even save, get your husband saved in your bikini. Huh? Now I'm in the Bible, so don't think I'm being rude. Didn't Peter say that? It's, it's not by apparel. It is not the way you fix your hair that's going to bring him to Christ. May send him to hell, but they ain't going to bring him to Christ. By the way you fix your hair. A person is only born again when they hear the word, receive the word, call on Jesus. That's for salvation. And they can never be lost. If we sin and confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. But this sin unto death is the sin of unbelief. Say that back to me. The sin unto death is the sin of unbelief. Now, that's what everybody's born with. Let me say that again. That's what everybody is born into this world with. That's why we have to witness. All right. Are you in John's Gospel, chapter 16? Okay. Jesus Christ is speaking, starting at verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When I get back to glory, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you. Verse 8. And when he is come, not she, he, he will reprove, that's to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now the Holy Ghost came into the world in this particular order on the day of Pentecost to, number one, reprove the world of sin. Number two, and of righteousness. Number three, and of judgment. Now Jesus is getting ready to explain what he just said. If people would believe him, they wouldn't be all turned around and all screwed up in the head. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. Verse 9, of sin because they believe not on me. Whoop, there it is. Now I want to intervene because he's not putting enough emphasis on this. That's the sin of unbelief that's going to send people to hell. The sin of not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not those sins that you committed last night. That's not what sends you to hell. Us as Christians, born again believers, should be living a holy life if we if we, you know, walk by the Spirit, we won't stumble, according to the apostle, uh, the apostle Paul. We will not stumble if we walk by the Spirit. And as many that are led by the Spirit, it is those who are the sons of God. 
So the emphasis is on if you have some family members that you love dearly, co-workers, friends, and they don't believe on the Lord Jesus, it, it, it makes no sense for you to pray for them because you can't pray to them into heaven. You can't. You cannot. Lord, say, can you save them anyway? I love them. They so nice. Let me tell you something. Everybody is born in sin and shaping in iniquity. They have to be born again. And it doesn't matter what religion, what religion you bounce on over to. You still have to be born again. It doesn't matter because there is no another savior. We don't have another savior. Christ is it. And he's made it so easy for us. Now, we have freedom in Christ. But when we stumble, we have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus. His blood. He is our Redeemer. It doesn't matter if you, if you are born again and you fall into sin tomorrow. Pray for your sister and brother so that he can get up again. Because if a just man falls seven times, the Lord is able to, to pick him up again. But you pray for that. But if you have some um, loved ones that don't believe in Christ, it makes no sense for you to pray for them because they're going to hell if something happens to them. And that's what Bishop Caldwell is trying to say. Now, let's resume. They're already convicted. They're already condemned. Oh, that little baby you kissing all on the forehead is already lost. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to wake you up to the fact that people need the Lord. Of sin because of unbelief. In verse 10... Well, verse 8 again, he will reprove the world of sin. We've just seen that sin because they believe not on me. And of righteousness. And in verse 9, verse 10, he says, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of righteousness, yeah. That means that Christ did everything right while we do everything wrong. And the only reason that God raised Jesus up from the dead because he was right. And he is our righteousness. Amen. But all men have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. But they are falling back and leaning upon their own righteousness. Well, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't say this. I don't say that. What does that have to do with anything when you're already lost and dead in trespassing and dead in sin? You cannot defend yourself. I cannot defend myself before a holy God who's already told us what time it is. If you don't come to Jesus, you're going to hell. And I know when that session in an invitation, people say, well, I don't want nobody talking to me like that. Well, just experience it for yourself. A righteousness because I go to my father. Why did he go to his father? Because he was put to death. Because he lived a sinless life. A sinless life. He was buried because he was dead. Went into hell and got the keys. And was resurrected from the dead. That means he came back with his own body. God don't raise people that ain't right. And he's the Lord, our righteousness. So don't look at me. Yeah, I smoke dope with you, but I'm not the same person. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you with me? In verse 11, he explains this. Of judgment, 
Because the prince of this world is judged. So who's the prince of this world? Satan is. And Jesus in another place said, don't you think for one moment that Satan is taking my life. I'm giving my life. I got the power to lay it down. And I got the power to take it up again. And so Christ came into this world and on that cross, all sin was judged. That's powerful. Our salvation, our mercy, our forgiveness is all in one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. So now a person says, well, I don't do this and I don't smoke that and I don't drink this and I don't drink. Well, good, 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 good. But do you know Jesus? Well, I done heard about him. Ain't good enough. My grandmama told me about him. Ain't good enough. You must be. You've got to be born again because your birth from your mother gave you physical life. It's going to take birth from God to give you spiritual life. You already got physical life, but do you have spiritual life? Now you can sit up and you can go through all them changes to show how stupid you are. But you must be born again. And the only way to get that done, born again, not of corruptible seed. That's what our daddy gave our mama. That's how we got here, corruptible seed. Born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You must be born again of the word. In the beginning was the word. Word was God. Word was God. And the word tells us we must be born again. John chapter 3, verse 14. Now God wants you saved. He's pointing all these things out to show the, the condition that man is in without him. <laughs> the condition that man is already in without the Lord. We're going to see some things right here. I mean, God is getting ready to say some powerful things here, some more powerful things in this 16th verse. But we're going to start at verse 14. And I don't know if I'm going to finish this. I'm going to try to, but there are some things that need to be said in verse 16 of John chapter 3. But we're going to start at verse 14. Jesus is speaking. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's Calvary. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to have to die. Verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now we're talking about a person born into this world is born a sinner, born a transgressor, born away from God, born through their mother, must be born again. Okay? Now watch this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth you notice how the emphasis is put on that. Well saints, I'm quite sure when you heard the music, you know that's the end of that message. I don't know if he have a part three because I played for you part one and two combined. 
if he has a part three, I'll probably uh, play that at another time. But I hope you were blessed by this message. It's very important that we pray for one another. It's very important that if you want to live a long, prosperous life, that, you know, you walk upright uh, while you representing God. And um, you on social media portraying yourself as something else. And then you post a scripture and God sees that. So you have to be very careful when you misrepresent God. If you're going to be on social media, you, you still a Christian on social media. Uh-huh. I know I, um, respond to some things on social media, but I am very careful that I don't, uh, uh associate myself with hate and that, um, if I post an opinion, it is an opinion. I, I'm not, um, cursing people. I'm not out there, you know, showing parts of my body and I'm not on social media every day because for number one, I'm too busy. Now I had a busy weekend, which is why I wasn't able to share episode 17, but I'll share it. Um, I have a long weekend coming up. I'm off Thanksgiving, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Friday, I will share episode 17 and hopefully Saturday, I will share episode um, 18. And then I have two more episodes after that and we will complete this series. Yes, but I have been studying already on um, some new series that I plan on sharing after we complete this series, Searching and Finding Jesus in the Scriptures. So saints, with that said, I'm sorry I'm not going to do the invitation um, today, but um, with that said, I, I want you guys to treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. And when you are out there representing Jesus, just make sure you ain't with the worldly crowd and representing Satan because you can't. And let me repeat that. You can't represent them both. You can't represent God and then Satan and then think you are. Now, it is a question. And I, I, I um, mentioned this during Bishop Codwell's message. I mean, the question is, are you really saved? Because if you are, uh, Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. So if you are constantly practicing sin, the apostle Paul says you, you don't know God. You, you, you're really not saved. So we, we do know that it is God's will that every man be saved. But unfortunately, every man will not be. But saints, I'm praying for you. Um, the almost 5,000 who have played and listened to uh, my podcast to God be all the glory. I'm hoping that you are being blessed by these teachings. Um, I'm not standing in judgment. The word does that on, on its own. It's my job to, to just share the word. I mean, I'm not perfect, but we have a perfect God. Hallelujah. Because there is no salvation for perfect people. Salvation is for sinners. And we don't have any perfect people on this earth. The only perfect flesh to walk this earth was the Lord Jesus Christ. So until next time, saints, peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts. Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, 
Google Podcast and Radio Public to submit your remarks. I should note that you must be a follower of my show to submit a voice message. So don't forget to click the follow button. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated and used to help further the gospel. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. English Standard Version. Please sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. Now until next time, my sisters and brothers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. And remember, continue to walk with Jesus. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.